0: From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker, and joining me this week is Paul Krozak, who is a senior budget and appropriations reporter here at CQ Roll Call. Welcome back, Paul. Thanks for being here. Uh, David, thanks for inviting me. And You are here on a good day, Paul, where we can tap your expertise because it is now two weeks and counting before all government funding expires. Uh, No one really thinks there will be a government shutdown, but the path to avoiding one seems to be changing by the hour. And as we tape on Friday, Paul, you've uncovered still new information about what the latest game plan is, for avoiding a shutdown, since they they still have a long ways to go uh, before they reach some kind of omnibus spending package that they that can get signed into law. So, what's the latest?
1: What we found out this morning is that uh, they are uh, considering um, uh, another uh, stopgap uh, spending bill, a uh, continuing resolution that would go through uh, March 11. So that would that would. Be three weeks after the the current CR ends on February 18, and this could go on the House floor as soon as Tuesday. Um, but the but this continuing resolution is contingent on the uh, the appropriate appropriations leaders uh, reaching an agreement on the the top lines for defense and non-defense
0: for 2022. So it hinges on reaching an, uh, an agreement on the top line numbers for the full year spending package, the omnibus. Uh, so it would. Uh, it sounds like to me, Paul, this is trying to provide them incentive to cut a deal on on these top line numbers that have bedeviled them for months, holding out this prospect of a stopgap for for roughly an extra month's time, which I guess the House would take action on next week, if. Republicans and Democrats can come together on this overall spending limit deal, right?
1: That's right. And I mean, there are, um, there are people saying that they are quite close to an agreement. Um, now, we are hearing this more from Democrats than Republicans, that they are close. Uh, one of the uh, demands of uh, Republicans is that there be
0: parity, which is uh, equal increases um, in defense and non-defense. That has been the issue that has has bogged them down for months, uh, this parity issue where Republicans are insisting on boosting defense spending way more than Democrats want um, by couching it as an equal increase to the huge increase Democrats want on non-defense spending. They want an equal for defense. Hard to believe they suddenly come to an agreement on that in the next couple of days, but I guess anything's possible. It is hard to believe, um, but there are different ways of defining
1: parity. If we go back the last previous 10 years, um, when we had these discretionary spending caps, the discretionary spending caps ended in fiscal 2021. um, There were different ways of defining parity. Early on, parity was defined as uh, equal dollar increases um, over the the spending caps. And then in a subsequent budget deal, it was defined a little bit differently. It was equal dollar increases um, over earlier spending caps. Uh, and then in the, the most recent budget deal, um, there was not much talk of parity. Uh, but in some cases, there were uh, roughly equal increases um, in, um, in the dollar amount of, um, of funding.
0: And we should remind people, I think, that the closest they've come so far, Democrats, is they've offered a roughly 5% increase for defense spending, but a 13% increase in non-defense spending. Republicans didn't like that. They say that's way out of whack. We'll see how close they can come and whether they can massage those numbers enough for both sides to kind of walk away with some kind of partial victory on it. Because that's what it would take. Uh, to get a deal in place so that, so that they could move on a stopgap funding to avoid a shutdown, right?
1: That's right. Uh, they're trying to get a top-line agreement. Uh, now, that doesn't mean they're going to resolve everything. Um, Republicans want to go back to the status quo on the riders in the appropriations bills. So, I mean, and probably the biggest Republican demand is that the Hyde Amendment be restored. The Hyde Amendment goes back decades.
0: This is the measure that prohibits federal funding for abortion in most cases. And Democrats are making a real push this year to remove that that federal funding restriction that's really riled up Republicans. And they've called it a non-starter. And it's one of the key things blocking an omnibus agreement, For months, also that has to be resolved at some point. Although that doesn't have to be resolved right now, just to get a stopgap done, I don't think.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, Republicans initially wanted to resolve the riders issue before they resolved the top line issue. Um, But in recent weeks, they have been negotiating the top lines, and if there is an agreement on the top lines in the next few days. Um. There probably will not be full agreement yet on the riders. That will probably still have to be negotiated.
0: Okay. So meanwhile, Paul, it sounds as though we could be seeing some kind of stopgap funding measure, so-called continuing resolution, come to the House floor most probably this coming week. To get going as a as a backstop, as some kind of fail-safe here, just to buy them more time that they know they're gonna need now, even if they reach a deal on the overall numbers, they're gonna need this extra time now to get a huge omnibus package in place. We should remind people this omnibus bill for the entire fiscal year, we're talking about roughly one and a half trillion dollars worth of spending. It's over a thousand pages long. It's this obscene, massive bill that that nobody likes. And it takes forever to draft, much less to pass both chambers, with God knows how much behind the scenes, you know, massaging of language. They know they're going to need more time, even if they can reach an overall deal in coming days. And so this stopgap now is probably going to come to the floor for a vote so that they have something in place. Uh, to avoid a government shutdown come February 18, when all the current funding expires. And, Paul, you know, we we say it's just a little stopgap to buy a little time. But, you know, recent history suggests even passing these little stopgaps have been a heavy lift. They have never come easy. They've always come with a huge battle because everybody knows it's a must-pass piece of legislation. And then there's a demand for other things to hitch a ride to it. And we have this issue of what else will be included in the stopgap, right? And we know there's two big things hanging out there. One is additional pandemic relief. Um, And we know there's already work going on on a bipartisan basis even uh, to funnel more money to restaurants and other, other industries that have been battered by the pandemic, maybe theaters, maybe gyms, maybe hotels and who knows what else. And that could pass as a standalone piece of legislation, but there's also a desire to attach it to anything that's moving, right? So possible, you think that we see a stopgap attached with some kind of pandemic relief. And there's also, you know, disaster aid hanging out there. We just had the tornadoes in Western Kentucky that were devastating. There's a demand, there could be a demand for more money for, for disasters how complicated is this next stopgap that we're facing?
1: Well, we don't know. Um, I, I think there's a good chance that this will be a fairly clean stopgap with, with very little attached to it. Um, the, I mean, the the issues you raised, they are very complicated. So, for example, additional pandemic aid. I mean, Republicans are saying, we want an accounting of what has not been spent and how it's been spent. And you know, we don't see a need right now. Republicans are saying we we don't see a need for additional pandemic aid, especially until we know how much is still in the pipeline. So I think it would be very hard to attach pandemic aid to this. As far as disaster aid, um, the I, I don't know how likely that is. Uh, is. There has been talk about the White House requesting a supplemental um, for additional pandemic aid and possibly disaster aid and other aid. But even that has been pulled back a little bit. It it, it looks like if the White House does request a supplemental, um, it won't be anytime soon. So, um, I mean, my guess would be this would be a pretty clean CR without
0: attachments. uh, But we'll see. Yeah, okay. I mean, maybe so. It it just seems to me every time they think it's going to be a simple, clean (laughs) stopgap, It's like pulling teeth to get it across the finish line. They have not come easy.
1: Right. And I mean, they usually do have something, you know, they do usually have anomalies or, you know, changes um, attached to them to some extent. So, you know, we might see some of those and, you know, we'll we'll see if there's pressure for
0: disaster aid or any kind of additional pandemic relief. Really. So we'll, we're going to have to look for that because that could complicate this thing. Otherwise, if, there's an, if they do reach an agreement on overall top-line spending numbers, then do you think there would be enough bipartisan support to quickly pass a stopgap?
1: You know, it's a question whether, you know, how many House Republicans would actually vote for this. Um, but I mean, I think you would get most of the Democratic votes um, in the House. And then, you know, in the Senate, you need 60 votes to pass itself. So. So, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I think they probably would be able to pass it. Um, there
0: might be a lot of Republican opposition in the House, but they could, they could pass it even with that. So that's another thing we'll have to be looking for. And obviously that, that might be why too, that they're hinging moving ahead with the stopgap on first reaching a deal on the overall spending numbers for the whole year, because without that overall deal in place. There may not be bipartisan support for passing a stopgap, right? And there'd be a dispute over how long another stopgap should last.
1: That's right. And you know, as we've reported, um, you know, Democrats favor uh, a short stopgap spending bill, um, and you know, Republicans um, have been talking about a longer, a longer stopgap. So. Um, Yeah, so it's really it's key to reach a top line agreement to smooth the way for a stopgap. Now, it's always possible we should, you know, we should make clear that they do not reach a top line agreement and that, you know, they get to close to February 18. And to avoid a partial government shutdown, they need to, you know, they need to pass another stopgap bill. So, I mean, it's possible they don't reach a top line agreement. And they have to default to a stopgap just to
0: avoid a shutdown. And, there, you know, there have been some Republican talk of, of, of just doing a full year stopgap and, and just, you know, getting rid of all these bills and putting them off the table. And the irony there, of course, is that we would basically be extending, Democrats would basically be extending the funding levels of the Trump administration for the whole first year of the Biden administration, <laughs> So there's not much incentive for Democrats to want a full year stopgap. And then the dilemma the Republicans have, Paul, is they really don't, you know, they have a lot of pressure because the Pentagon wants a spending bill, we should say. The Pentagon hates relying on stopgaps because it doesn't let them start new programs. You know, it just extends current funding, but it, it doesn't really let them do anything new. So it it's hard for them to start new weapons contracts. And priorities change, and there may be new programs that need to be funded that they then can't. Um, the Pentagon has never, to my knowledge, operated on a full year stopgap. They've always had an appropriations bill in place at some point in the year. I'm not sure Republicans want to be the ones to deny the Pentagon a funding bill when it's Republicans that are pushing to increase defense spending in the first place here.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, there is a lot of pressure on both sides to get an agreement. And have an omnibus uh, rather than a full year CR, as you said, and the you know consider that you know Democrats control government, um, the White House, uh, the Senate, the House, um, but you know because if if you had a continuing resolution, that would continue the the Trump era spending levels and, and priorities and policies. And, uh, you know, Democrats really do not want that. And so that does give Republicans considerable leverage in these negotiations.
0: The bottom line here is, though, that there there may be a stopgap funding measure on the table that would extend current funding through March 11 to buy some more time to get this omnibus package in place, hang on to something because it's going to be a a bumpy roller coaster from now till then, I think. CQ Roll Call will be covering it all for you as usual. Check us out at cq.com and rollcall.com. And that does it for us today, but we will be back next week.